today's message on the, it's probably will say July 4th about honor. But I just really want us, before I begin today, this, I have never preached a message like this. I've preached, and it's going to be about honor, but it's going to be a different slant. And so uh, I just want to make sure that everybody hears my heart. And uh, because I believe God has put something in my heart for all of us today. So can we just agree as a church family for that? Amen. Father, we just come before you. We believe for the anointing of God to flow through me, to speak to each and every one of us. Help us to have open hearts, open minds. And we believe for the Spirit of God to speak to each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. I I do want to talk a little bit about our nation before I begin today. Um, You know, I, I believe as far as what the Bible teaches and what God wants, that unity is not an option. Unity is not an option. You know, it's not like a suggestion for God and his word, but it's actually a commandment that we should walk in unity. This is how the world's going to know that we're his disciples is for our love for one another and for us to love one another. There's going to have to be some unity. It does not mean that we're not going to have disagreements. We will. If you've been married more than six hours, you know about disagreements. I do want to, you know, there's a lot of negativity about the nation that's going on right now. And I think all of us need to be careful what you listen to because you could be listening to something that is not totally truth. And um, there are, I mean, I don't have my head in the sand. Are there negative things that are going on in this nation? Absolutely. Are there some bad things going on? Absolutely. But just like a marriage, I do know this. If you focus on the negative, you're going to get an attitude. I know your spouse may be really close to near perfect, but you can just pick out one negative thing and focus on that, and you'll get an attitude against your spouse and think they're horrible. But it's true. It's the same way with our, our country. I believe we live in the greatest country on the planet. Is there problems and issues? Yes. But I'm going to give you some information. Uh, this guy is named David Barton. Uh, you may have heard of him. And um, he is probably the greatest expert on history of this nation than anybody I know. And this is the thing. He does not give his opinion. He gives, he's got pictures of actual documents. He can show you pictures of actual documents that were written by our founding fathers. And uh, you can go on YouTube and Google um, American Heritage Series uh, by David Barton, and he will show you some things that you're never going to hear on the news. But there's actual documents. It's not his opinion. So I highly recommend you listening to him to get your opinion probably changed about this nation. I do believe this nation was founded upon the principles of God. I do. And even though there's some, you know, people have been throwing up this and that about our founding fathers, listen, if you and me were there 200 years ago, what kind of uh, job would we have done? Would there have been things negative written about us 200 and since 1776, whatever, how many years that's been? Quite a few. I'm sure there would be negative. There's things probably written about me that are negative, and it's not been 200 years. But Psalms 33:12 says this, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. So my main thing that I want to get across is let's just keep God the centerpiece of our nation. 
the centerpiece for our children. Listen, you, if we just think that this is a terrible nation, I, I think we need to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And part of the solution is let's talk great about this nation. Let's pray for our nation because those who hate this nation are probably not going to pray for it. They're probably not going to want what's best for it. But we as believers, God wants us to have a great attitude about the nation we live in. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 2 says to pray for our leaders. It says to pray for our nation so it can be peace. I'm still thankful that we can meet freely. Go to Russia. Go to China. Go to North Korea and see how much freedom you have as a, to worship God. We have freedom today. And uh, although I, as far as I know, in my opinion, there's not a lot of uh, uh, answers to all the questions about patriotism in the Bible, but I do know this, that when Israel was following after God, they loved their nation and they spoke highly of their nation, but God was the centerpiece of that nation. So let's do that as a church family. And it's easy. All of us, including myself, we can talk negative about our nation. It's pretty easy to do. Oh, man, can you believe they're doing this? Can you believe that and all of that? Well, the bottom line is if we continually focus down that, that train of thought, it's not going to change anything. It's not. There's a lot of stuff going on, on the Internet. They're just emphasizing everything negative. Man, you better sh shut that down because you'll, it's easy to slip down that slippery slope. Hallelujah. The message that I uh, am going to speak to you today, I've never spoke on in the way that I am going to be speaking today. So I pray that you listen all the way to the end, have an open heart, have an open mind, um, because um, I just feel like uh, this could be taken wrong. And so I talked to God about it, and so he's really helped me to go ahead and make sure that I speak it the way that I felt like he gave it to me. So can you do that for me, with me today? Honor. It means something valuable or precious, appreciation, to esteem, to respect, something that carries weight to it. If you look it up in Strong's Concordance, it's something that carries weight to it. If you study it, uh, honor in the Old Testament, it actually means heavy. And you think, what in the world? Why does it mean heavy? Well, it's connected to the glory of God. Honor is connected to the glory of God. And uh, whatever you honor... Gains value. I'm going to say that again. Whatever you honor gains value. Whatever you dishonor, you're going to lightly esteem or you're just going to lose its value. If you write down anything, you should write this down. Whatever we give value to, we will be able to receive from. Whatever we give value to, you'll be able to receive from it. I've had some friends in the past, way in the past, that, uh, you know, used to go to our church or whatever, but uh, they stayed there for quite a while, and after a while, they just said, you know, basically, you know, I, I'm just not receiving anything from you, Pastor Mike. I said, no problem. I understand. So they, you know, we're going to look for another church, and uh, listen, it's not that I want to be honored. 
because I'm just human just as you. Are you hearing me? God does not love me any more than he loves you. Some people think, oh, the pastor, he's loved by God. No, that's wrong. I'm just as human as you are. I don't have angels putting on my pants in the morning. But my wife does buy my clothes, so if you don't like that, that's take it up with her. But anyway, Paul said this. He said, I magnify my office. What did he mean by that? First of all, he knew that it was a calling. It wasn't his doing. But he magnified his office, and magnify means to glory, to honor, to impart glory to something. To impart glory to something. Romans eleven thirteen says, For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. So there is a biblical principle. There's a biblical principle. Whatever we honor, you're going to receive from Whatever you honor, you will receive from that. I, when we were in Bible school, uh, there was a man named Brian McCallum, one of my favorite teachers. And, man, I had more respect for that guy than just about any teacher in the whole Bible school. And there was a reason. I didn't know about honor. Don't get me wrong. I didn't know that much about honor. But... Uh, he got up on the first day, and he talked about himself and where he's from, his background. Uh, he was a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, so I, my ears perked up because I was in the Air Force, and I started to listen very carefully to him. And then he said he was an SR-71 pilot. I got on the edge of my seat then because I knew just a little bit about SR-71 pilots. I had a pilot who went to, to become an SR-71 pilot. Those guys are the cream of the crop, first of all, the best of the best, and they have to go through uh, even uh, to be astronaut training because they wear a spacesuit because they fly at 80,000 feet up in the air. No aircraft. The airliners fly from 35, 30 to 40,000 feet, half as high as an SR-71. Then he was one of the first 20 SR-71 pilots. I had so much respect for him and honor for him. Every word that came out of that dude's mouth, I was on the edge of my seat. But this is the problem. This is Brian McCallum. Today, I want you all to turn to John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only... And it was like, for 50 minutes. I turn around and look, or I saw my peripheral vision. I've never seen so many heads on a desk before, in my, even in high school. And I mean high school, where sleeping was part of your education. But anyway, uh, I just thought, I thought, I looked around these people, and I thought, what in the world? And then when I was walking out, you know, everybody's talking everything, and I'm sitting there going, man, wasn't that great? That was just so awesome. You should have seen the looks that I got from everybody, even my personal friends going, Mike, you are nuts. How did you stay awake? How were you, how did you listen to him? I mean, he's better than NyQuil. I mean, better than any kind of medication that you can take to fall asleep. And it's true. I mean, everybody, I've never seen so many people sleeping. And guess what? They didn't receive from him. They did not receive from him. 
I did. I took notes. I mean, you know, we didn't have iPads and things, electronic stuff. Man, I was taking notes. My hand would hurt. I was taking so many notes. And, man, everybody else was just like. Whatever you honor, you're going to receive from. Whatever you honor, you're going to receive from. And so when people say, well, I just, don't, I just don't get anything from that guy. Hello? I mean, it's just impressive, the guy's life, what he went through, flying a plane of Mach 3, over 2,200 miles an hour at 80,000 feet up in the air, and he told stories. I mean, I've heard stories from him. It's just unbelievable respect for him. He's in heaven today. He died in 2015. I told Melody yesterday, I said, if I would have known about his funeral in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I would have been there to honor him, his life. Dishonor means to treat as common or ordinary. Dishonor means to treat as common or ordinary. Whatever becomes more familiar with us becomes uh, and more common to us. It's easy to just lose value. Everybody keep looking forward. You know when you've been married for many years? <laughs> We've been married 32 years. And it takes more work now than it did the first six months to show honor and respect and have tremendous value with my wife. When you're first married, you just feel bubbly and just excited. When they wake up in the morning, bad breath and all. So you're awake. You're awake. After 32 years, you don't do that. You don't go, you're awake. Oh, good morning. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still do all that, but it takes more effort. It takes more effort. I'm not going to ask all the people that have been married for a long time to say amen, but you know that's true. It's true. It takes more effort. And I just know it's easy to be familiar with people. It's easy to be familiar with life, and you lose a little value to that if you're not careful. I want to show you from the Word of God how important this is. Are you ready? This is how important this is. Mark chapter 6, verse 1 through 3 says this. Then Jesus went out from there, and he came to his own country, his hometown. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Jones, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Why were they offended at him? They saw him. That's just, that's Joseph's boy. That's just Joseph's boy. They saw him as common because they grew up with him. They'd been around him for years. I mean, he didn't go into ministry until he was 30 years old. He was just a common boy to them. Now, they heard, the Bible says here, they heard him doing miracles. 
They heard. They haven't actually seen at this point, but they said he's done mighty works. He speaks with great wisdom. Who is this guy? Why, why all the hubbub about this? Hearing all of this, all of this stuff about Jesus, but you know, that's just Joseph's boy. Verse 4, Jesus said to them, a prophet is treated with honor everywhere except in his own hometown, among his relatives and in his own house. He was unable to do any great miracle in Nazareth. Did you hear that? It's Jesus. He can do what he wants. It's Jesus. He can do miracles anytime he wants. It's not what the Bible teaches I've heard people say that. Oh, it's God. If he wanted to heal, he could. But he just didn't. He just didn't want to. Like Melody said, we need to rethink God. That's wrong theology, by the way. If God wants to do, bless my life, he can do it. Well, I don't know why he's not doing it. And people get offended at God. People get offended at God. He was unable to do any miracle in Nazareth except to heal a few sick people by laying his hands upon them. In other words, people with headaches, maybe toe ache, little pain here and there, he healed them. But he could not do any great miracles there. Why? Why? The result of seeing Jesus as ordinary, the result of him just saying he's a common man, The result of them devaluing who he was caused Jesus not to be able to perform miracles. Are you hearing me? This is valuable. I'm telling you, this is super important. Why? Do you want to see miracles? I don't know about you, but I do. Like I said, I, I, I struggled, to be honest with you, to, to go through this, to preach like this, because I don't want people to think, to look at me, oh, you just want people to honor you. No, no. They did not receive Jesus, and because of that, great things were not done. I mean, I know there's times that I have bombed my message. I go home and I'm gripping the steering wheel, not because I want to be a safe driver. It's because I can't believe I said that. I, I, what was I thinking? That was so stupid. Lord, I pray that people will have amnesia today for at least, <laughs> for at least 40 minutes, just like the, they can know they went to church, but when somebody says, so what are you preaching? I don't know. Good. Thank you, Jesus. I have, and to be honest with you, I don't know too many ministers that have not. Open thy mouth and stucketh thy footeth in it. But the Lord has taught me something about honor. Catherine's out of town today. Catherine Waller is one of the most precious people that I know on this planet. If you don't know Catherine, you need to get to know her. But anyway, she's been with us almost since the beginning, almost since the beginning. And there's been so many times 
that I go shaking everybody's hand at the door, and I'm just, I am discouraged already, and I haven't even made it to the car. Oh, so glad you came. You're visiting? Oh, Jesus, help us. Help her. That's just laying my hand. They think I'm loving on them. I'm going to help them. Anyway, but I, then Catherine comes. Pastor Mike, that was the most inspiring, greatest message. She did this and did this, and finally I just thought, man, she's just being sweet. I mean, if you know Catherine, she is sweet, buttery sweet, honey sweet, ice cream sweet, okay? They just got pushed up, ice cream sweet. But anyway, so I thought she was just being sweet. And the Lord spoke to me and said, she is sweet, but that's not why she's doing that. She honors what comes from the pulpit. And the Lord spoke this to me. He says, when people honor what comes from the pulpit, I can speak to them in spite of you, Mike. I mean, that's worth clapping for. I'm telling you, yeah, whoever started, that's worth clapping for. I mean, because you know what? Not because I'm trying to make excuses or take the slack off of me, but I think there is a God. I mean, if you, anytime you want to say there is a God, I mean, thank you, Jesus, that you can speak to them in spite of me. My point is this, is that if you are not honoring this pulpit, then you probably are going to have a hard time receiving something from this pulpit. When you honor God... He will give you something in spite of what is being spoken. This is why it's good to be connected to a church. It's good to be connected to a church because even though the minister may not be in tune, so to speak, if you know the heart of the church and if you're honoring things that are coming from the pulpit, God can open up a curtain inside of your heart and talk to you about your finances, and I'm talking to you about honor. God can open up the heart of your soul and cause you to receive healing, and I didn't even say one thing about healing. Honor, it's huge. If you want to study honor at a higher level, study the life of David. That dude had all kinds of flaws, but he had a revelation of honor. He had a revelation of honor when they were surrounded by the enemy. And uh, he sits there and just says, he just makes this comment. Oh, if I could just have a drink from the wells of Bethlehem. Oh, if I could just have some of that water. Three of his mighty men heard that. Busted through, risked their lives to go through the, the enemy, dip well, dip water out of the well of Bethlehem, come back, break through the enemy lines again, and come back and said, David, this water is from the well of Bethlehem. You know what David did? He didn't sit there and go, oh, man, oh, this is such good water. You know what David did? He says, you guys risked your life based upon honoring you today. I'm going to give this to God instead of to me. And he poured it out and gave it to God to honor these three men above 
anything else and to let them know that he was honoring them instead of drinking it. Man, you wonder why David got so far and did, was a delight to God and so many things is because he understood honor. I think that's something our nation has lost. Honor. If we're going to receive greater things, we have to get back to honoring what God wants us to honor. The Bible says this, honor to whom honor is due. Pay respect to whom respect is due. In verse 7, Mark chapter 6, It says, and he called the twelve to himself and began to send them out two by two, and he gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Also he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, there stay till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you. In other words, whoever does not honor you and what you're saying. He says, when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Surely I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. He's talking about honor. He says, if you go into somebody's house and they're not honoring what you're saying and teaching, he says, shake off the dust from your clothes. That's a big deal. This was a definition of honor by a minister. I really like it. He, say, he says this. A decision to play concerning honoring people. Concerning honoring people. A decision to place high value, high importance, and high worth upon another by viewing them as a priceless gift, then granting them a place of importance and respect in your life. The thing is about honor, it's a choice. It's a decision. Honor is a choice. It's a decision. And it's not automatic. Just because you're a believer, just because I'm a pastor, it doesn't mean it's automatic. There's people I've listened to and preaching, and I just think, oh, my goodness. But I forgot what Brother Hagin taught us. He says, anytime you listen to a message, you can honor that person. He said, spit out the sticks and be at least as smart as a cow and eat the hay. Again, if you honor what you're hearing, you will get something. And you know, I just, I just feel bad because I know there's been some people that have left the church. And this is my opinion. I don't know. I could be wrong. But I felt like they should have stayed, but they left because they weren't receiving from me anymore. I mean, let's, maybe it's because they listened to one too many of my bomb messages. I don't know. But I'm just curious if the honor had left them. Because if honor leaves, you will not receive from me. And let me just say this. The longer you're here, the harder it will be. The longer you're here, the harder it's going to be. I remember when I first started ministering, I went back to my hometown, Louisville, Kentucky. I preached in the church that I was raised in. 
Gethsemane Baptist Church. I got up there and preached. Man, first of all, I was nervous as all get out, not because I was nervous to preach in front of people who I knew. It's because I had a list of rules that, you know, don't go over this and don't say this and don't do this. I thought I put everything, took my watch off, don't go over this amount of minutes. Took my watch off. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help me, you know. But I have to admit, not too many people said anything, and, and I have a feeling it's because, well, that was Louise, boy. She stole Mikey up there. And granted, if, you, if I'm just Louise, boy, my mama's boy, if I'm just good old boy, then, yeah, I'm just probably not even going to have a good talk. Honor's a big deal because God wants to get something to you, not because of me. You understand, I'm not anointed from Mike. I'm going to say it again. I'm not anointed from Mike Davis. God put a gift and anointing on me for you all, for you. And it's not because I'm my performance when I was raised as a kid, if that had anything to do with it, I would not even be an usher in a church if it's based on performance because God would have said, no, no, and definitely no. But God called us to Pueblo, Colorado when we were in Africa. I've never been to Colorado before in my life. Never. The only connection I had is because Melody had an aunt and uncle in Rocky Ford. But God called us here for people here. And I'm telling you, it's an honor to me to be called your pastor, number one. But I, the gifts and the callings, Paul said it this way. He said, if it's been given to me, how can I brag or, or boast? It was a gift. I didn't ask for the gift. And there's sometimes I've tried to talk God out of me doing something else. I remember there's been so many times I've talked to Melly and I said, you know, I feel like I'd do a much better job if I could be an associate pastor somewhere. It just anywhere. I don't care what kind of church, what kind of city, just if I, and I just run that rabbit. She let me talk. She just looked at me and she says, you done? Paul said, woe be unto me if I don't do what I'm called to do. Why? God's going to strike him dead? No. I can quit tomorrow. But God understands what is put inside my DNA that would cause me to be happy. You, whatever job, vocation that you are called to do, if you're not happy, then you may check up to make sure that you're doing what's inside your DNA to do. That's another message. But I will say this. It's a decision. Believing God's word, honoring him. It's called faith. It's, it's you're honoring God by believing his word. You know, you might not feel righteous. There's sometimes if I ask my flesh, do you feel saved even? And my flesh goes, no, no. I feel like sin on a popsicle stick, man. But that's when you go, go by how you feel. You go and you honor God's word. It says that he made me righteous, so I'm righteous. I believe that. 
That's honoring God's word. And the same thing is true about marriage. To honor your spouse. Man, it's a choice that you make every day. It's a decision that you make every day. In spite of what they are doing. You have to believe the best and you choose. I will honor them. I will love them. Children, young people. You need to honor. The the reason God says honor your parents is not just because, well, that's just the legalistic thing that he wants us to do is honor our parents. No, it's this is the reason. He wants to get something to you through them. And if you honor them, you can get stuff to them even if they're not such good parents. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying agree if they were abusive or anything. I'm not getting in that ditch, okay? I'm not. But at the same time, there's a reason. It's easy to be familiar with your parents, to be familiar with your pastor, to be familiar with your spouse, and the value goes down. Did you get that? God doesn't want the value to go down just because of your familiarity or calling something common. Coming to church can be a common thing. I'm telling you what, I'm just sharing my heart today. It's, it's bleeding out, let me tell you that. It is. Because I want you to get this. I want you to receive something so that something great can happen and be manifested in this place and in your life. Outside these four walls. I believe it's time that God wants to do great things, and he's, the church has been waiting on him. Could it be just like the story that Jesus could do no mighty works there? He could not, even though he was God. He could not. Are you hearing me? People think that. The Bible says he could not do any great thing there. And the bottom line, the biblical principle is this. They didn't honor him to who he was. We need to honor church. We need to honor God. We need to honor the word. And we need to honor this office. Not because of me. Don't, please don't take that wrong and think that this message, because this is why I haven't preached this message ever. And I do mean ever. I've preached on honor before, but not like this. There's just something, I felt like the Lord kind of grabbed me by the scuff in the neck and said, you are being selfish because this is not about you, and you're making it about you. Because I didn't want people to think, you know, what are they going to think? They want to think like, oh, you just want an honor or something? He says, you let me take care of that. So I'm letting God take care of that, and I repent for not preaching this 20 years ago. Or ever, ever. I've taught on honor. I've had a whole honor series a few times in my lifetime, but I've never taught it the way that you heard today. God wants to get stuff to us. He is not withholding his miracle working power from us. If God can do anything, then why didn't he do the miracles in Nazareth, his hometown? Are you hearing me? I know it's a pretty sobering thought. 
I've dishonored people and ministers in my past where I, I shouldn't have. And I didn't realize. You know, it's not where you wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to dishonor them today. And people don't do that with their spouse. I'm just going to dishonor them today. No, you don't do that. It's just a slippery, slidey slope. And it's because we're so familiar. If you were raised in church like me, it's familiar just, oh, yeah, okay, we're going to church. You know, my mom never did take a boat. Who wants to go to church today? That question was never asked in my home. I don't want to go to church today. Are you breathing? Yeah, you're going to church. If you quit breathing, then you don't have to. And even then, we're going to take you for a funeral, so you're still going to church. It's pretty important. Are you hearing my heart? We're going to receive an offering. But listen, I, I thought this. I'm going to pull up this scripture in closing. Giving honor by giving, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Just honor God with your giving. You honor God by your giving. I just believe God wants us to honor in every area of our life. In every area of our life. And it's not to take something from you or cause you to have to jump a hurdle. It's not. He is wanting to get stuff to you 24-7. All the time. Did you hear my heart this morning? Let's stand. It's a very different, not only 4th of July message, it's just a different message altogether. And I had some people pray before I, this morning. I said, could you just pray that I won't feel awkward while I'm preaching this? <laughs> and I didn't want it to be because as a pastor, I love you. As a pastor, I want your eyes to be open, to have a greater revelation. As a pastor, I want you to be able to have more victory in your life. But I do know this as a pastor. The victory that you walk in will be because of the revelation that you get. Are you hearing me? Whether it's healing, financial, joy, happiness, the fruit of the Spirit, it'll be based upon what you've learned, what you've received from God not just because that was a great message again I don't know how to be honest with you Catherine's been here forever and she still says oh Mike that just blessed my heart that just did this and I'm, you, I used to just go uh -huh, uh -huh. it just reminds me of what my mother would say you know I feel like I, I even told Catherine this and I repented I told her I said Catherine I think if I got up there and said Humpty Dumpty sit on the wall Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. I think you would go, amen, glory to God. And then and she goes, Pastor Mike, that's not true. But then I think, you know what? It could be true because she's opening her heart up and God's speaking. I may be saying Humpty Dumpty, but she's hearing that the Lord Jesus Christ set up on the walls of her heart and calls her to be mended and restored. And I mean, that's the way she hears stuff. And I go, okay, God, I got it. I got it. So just be careful, whether it's this pulpit, whether it's something on TV or a message that you're listening to. Be careful before you throw it underneath the bus. 
What are you saying with your words or your heart or your actions in your mind about your honor? Can everybody say amen? Or like me, oh me. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, for your tenderness, for the anointing of God. May the Lord be magnified in all that we do. May Jesus be the one who sits on the throne of our heart. May you instruct us and guide us and teach us, even in the most difficult times of our life, the most difficult times that we may face, not only as an individual and family, but as a nation. May we always turn to you, respect you, and honor you so that we can receive all that we need from our daddy, from our father God. I pray that for our church family, that we will honor you like we never have before. And I believe that we'll see the manifestations of the glory and goodness of God like never before. In Jesus' name, amen.